Welcome to the Walk in Truth weekend program. These are the teachings of Pastor Michael Lenz, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Before we get started with today's program, you can learn more about us, our free events, how to donate, the podcast, and much more when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael and part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians 2 called Making Proper Appraisals. Turn to the book of Acts, just a few pages back. Go to Acts chapter 3. So here's Peter. Peter is preaching after the crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus Christ in the middle of Jerusalem. And uh, a man has just been healed. And so here's the sermon. This is Acts 3, look at verse 12. When Peter saw this, he replied to the people, Acts 3, 12, Men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you gaze at us as if by our own power or piety we had made him walk. The God of Abraham, Acts 3.13, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus, the one whom you delivered up and disowned in the presence of Pilate, whom he decided to release. When he decided to release him, verse 14. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked for a murderer to be granted to you. That was Barabbas. But put to death the prince of life. If you have an NIV, it's the author of life. The word is archegos in Greek. It's, the word arche in Greek is source. Jesus is the source of life. Arche is the beginning of a word in our language called architect. Jesus is the designer of life. He's the prince of life. He's the author of life. He's the architect of life. He is the origin of life. And ironically, the religious leaders in concert with Rome, killed him. And on the basis of faith in his name, in the name of Jesus, the author of life, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man. Even though Jesus had died and been resurrected, he was still very much alive, whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given, this, given him uh, this perfect health in the presence of you all. Now, brethren, I know that you acted in ignorance, just as your rulers did also. But the things which God announced beforehand by the mouth of all the prophets, that his Christ should suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Peter says, repent therefore and return. Change your mind that your sins may be wiped away in order that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. You need to change your mind about who Jesus is. He's the Lord of glory. I know you acted ignorantly in unbelief. Have you ever had a moment as a Christian, turn back to 1 Corinthians, where you reflected back on maybe your days as a non-Christian, you reflected back on the damage that you did in ignorance and unbelief? Sometimes it's hard to take. I have moments when I, when I think back to things that I know I'm forgiven for those things, but I still have deep regrets where I didn't place value where God did. I let my own comfort, my own convenience, the arguments of the world persuade me to do things that today I would consider devastating and flat out, I would say no less than abominable. But I was ignorant. I was not a believer. I did not have the Holy Spirit living inside of me. I only could see life through human wisdom. And human wisdom can only take you so far. 
Have you taken a look lately at how far human wisdom actually gets us? We're having the same arguments we've been having since the beginning of time. Since Cain and Abel. (laughs) I'm mad at my brother. Right? This is where we are. And many, sadly, because they don't have this illumination from the Spirit, continue to walk only in the wisdom of the world. Notice, they crucified the Lord of glory back in our text. They wouldn't have done this had they understood who He really was. Can you imagine if someone there giving the benefit of the doubt really knew that Jesus was God in human flesh? Do you think they would have put Him on a cross? What if God walked among us today? What would your reaction to Him be? If you really knew who He was, wouldn't you want to spend every waking ounce of time with Him? Have you ever been in one of those classes where they ask you, hey, if you could live in any time of history, what time would you like to live? For me, I'd like to go back to the time of Jesus. I just would like to hear one sermon. I'd like to see if I could touch Him, right? I'd like to watch His power just in one miracle. Can you imagine? Lazarus, come forth! I just, woo, baby! Can you imagine today how many people have their cell phone cameras out? <laughs> Whoa, dude! Would you notice that Jesus is called the Lord of Glory at the end of verse 8? There are many, many scholars believe that that title, Lord of Glory, is the strongest title that Paul gives Christ in the New Testament. Because this is going to sound familiar to many of you. Psalm 24-7 says, Lift up your heads, O gates, be lifted up, O ancient doors, that the King of glory may come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty. The Lord, mighty in battle. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Jesus Christ is God. He's the Lord of glory. God said in the Old Testament in the book of Isaiah, I will not share my glory. Remember? With another. I won't give my glory to graven images. I won't give my glory to another. But Jesus is called the Lord of glory, a strong deity passage. Mark it. Mark it for your friends who don't believe Jesus is God. When you have a debate with someone who just can't see it or has been indoctrinated that Jesus can't be God, no, he is the Lord of glory. Look at verse 9. Just as it is written, things which eye has not seen, 1 Corinthians 2.9, and ear has not heard, and which is, have not entered into the heart or mind of man all that God has prepared for those who love Him. You see in your Bible where it says, just as it is written, you might ask the question, well, where is it written? Let me take you there. It's Isaiah 64. Scholars call this a free quotation. Take a peek. Isaiah 64. Look at verse 1. This uh, verse in 1 Corinthians 2.9 is uh, taken a free quotation from Isaiah 64.4, but I want you to see the beauty of this passage. It's amazing. And it's become the cry of many hearts. Isaiah 64.4. we'll start at. 64.1 says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down. 64.1 That the mountains might quake at your presence. As fire kindles the brushwood, as fire causes water to boil. To make your name known, 
64.2, to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. When you did awesome things which we did not expect, you came down, the mountains quaked at your presence. For from days of old, now here's what Paul is quoting, most believe, they have not heard or perceived by ear, nor has the eye seen a God beside you who acts in behalf of the one who waits for him. If you have uh, From the New American Standard, I read the updated, but this is the New American Standard. Oh, that thou would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains might quake at thy presence. Some of you, you know, you, you watch the world, you go through a season of life, and you just say, Maranatha, oh Lord, just come now. The world's a disaster. We're going to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> oh, that you would come down. That was the cry of Isaiah. 700 years before heaven came down to earth. Do you know that Jesus was the answer to Isaiah's prayer? Do you know that his prayer was answered? Oh, that you would come down. Oh, he came down on a Bethlehem night, did he not? Heaven came down. And John would say, we beheld His glory. He's the Lord of glory. The Lord who made everything came down incredibly as a baby in Bethlehem. Can you imagine being at a family function, passing the baby around? Careful, don't drop him. He's the Lord of glory. How many of you, if you got a chance to hold him, would never want to let go? How many of you could imagine looking into his eyes when he was just a baby? Wow. You know how babies' eyes are? Ooh, you just, babies make you want to make silly noises and facial expressions. And go, 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 go. Can you imagine Simeon in the courtyard? Some of the, the family members. Can you imagine Mary's heart? She treasured all these things in her heart. Can you imagine how many times she probably just had. A staring contest with baby Jesus. He's the Lord of glory. I don't know if she knew it all, but man, it's amazing. Oh, that heaven would come down, that you would rend the heavens. Well, there were people who, back in 1 Corinthians 2, who couldn't hear and couldn't see. It's not that they could not. It's that they would not, precisely. Jesus said, you, how often I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were unwilling. Stephen gives an incredible sermon to the Sanhedrin and he says, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Look, it's possible to resist. I know there's some who believe that in irresistible grace, it's part of their theological construct, but I'll tell you this. I see a lot of places in Scripture where people just flat out resisted in the face of overwhelming evidence. Even after Lazarus was raised from the dead, the bulk of the religious leadership would not trust in Jesus as the Messiah. What more do you need than a guy being dead four days and living again? But some would not believe. Jesus said, If God were your father, you would love me. I proceeded forth. I've come from God. I've not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand why I'm saying? John 8, 42 and 43, it's because you cannot hear my word. 
And so Jesus came and he lived. You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. You can now listen to Walk in Truth with Michael Lance wherever you go and whenever you want. That's because Walk in Truth can now be heard on your favorite podcast app. Apps like iPodcast, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google Play, and much more. Simply open up your favorite podcast app and search Walk in Truth. Make sure you subscribe so you'll know when a new show is available. Thanks for listening and partnering with Walk in Truth. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Again, that's "step closer" as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called "A Step Closer," and you can text "step closer" as one word to 33222. Make sure you subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast. Available on your favorite podcast app. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. (laughs) Can you imagine Simeon in the courtyard? Some of the the family members. Can you imagine Mary's heart? She treasured all these things in her heart. You imagine how many times she probably just had a staring contest with baby Jesus. He's the Lord of glory. I don't know if she knew it all, but man, it's amazing. Oh, that heaven would come down, that you would rend the heavens. Well, there were people who, back in 1 Corinthians 2, who couldn't hear and couldn't see. It's not that they could not. It's that they would not, precisely. Jesus said, you... How often I would have gathered you as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings, but you were unwilling. Stephen gives an incredible sermon to the Sanhedrin and he says, you are always resisting the Holy Spirit. Look, it's possible to resist. I know there's some who believe that in irresistible grace, it's part of their theological construct. But I'll tell you this, I see a lot of places in Scripture where people just flat out resisted in the face of overwhelming evidence. Even after Lazarus was raised from the dead, the bulk of the religious leadership would not trust in Jesus as the Messiah. What more do you need than a guy being dead four days and living again? But some would not believe. Jesus said, If God were your Father, you would love Me. I proceeded forth. I've come from God. I've not even come on My own initiative, but He sent Me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? John 8, 42 and 43, it's because you cannot hear My Word. And so Jesus came and He lived and He showed us the way, the face of grace story is told of a man who appeared at heaven's gate. He was met there by an angel who told him it will take a thousand points to get in. 
This is not theologically correct, by the way. Tell me about yourself so that I will know how many points I can give you. Well, the man smiled and said, well, I've been going to church almost every Sunday all my life. Excellent, the angel said. That will give you three points. What else do you have? (laughs) The man was shocked. Only three points, he gasped. Well, I was a Sunday school superintendent for a while. I tithed. I tried to be good to my neighbor. Very good, very good, the angel said. That will give you 10 points. The man gasped again. At this rate, he said, I'll never get in except by the grace of God. (laughs) Precisely. Precisely. For to us, 1 Corinthians 2.10, not to learned philosophers, if you will, but humble believers. God revealed them the wisdom of God, the power of God through the Spirit. Verse 10, 1 Corinthians 2. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, the thoughts of God no one knows except the Spirit of God. By the way, this is a strong a deity verse for the deity of the Holy Spirit. Because He knows the thoughts of God, so He must be God. Have you ever had a moment where you were grateful that somebody didn't know your thoughts? Well, that was a pretty quiet response. <laughs> right now you're like, I hope, I hope people don't know what I'm thinking right now. <laughs> Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and just a thought came out of left field, and you're like, whoa, what? Oh, help me, Lord. Right? And have you ever had a moment where you're like, I'm so grateful people don't know what I'm thinking all the time? Because if people knew what I was thinking all the time, people would think, I'm crazy. <laughs> but then other people are thinking weird thoughts all the time, too. And if people's thoughts were announced for a day in captions above their head or something like that, everybody would hate each other and think terrible things about each other. And the terrible things you thought once you saw somebody else's thoughts would show up in that box above your head and then they would know, oh, it's just a slippery slope. (laughs) See, nobody knows the thoughts of a man except that person. But do you know that Jesus knew what people were thinking when he was on the earth? (laughs) The Bible says he knew their thoughts. Wow. He knew what was in them. How can we know what God is thinking, someone might say. You Christians, you say you know the heart and mind of God about this ethical issue and how do you get to heaven? How do you know God's thoughts? How can you make such a claim? I'm spiritual. Someone might say, what makes your truth any better than my truth? And by the way, today, in today's world, it's just about your truth. If that's your truth, okay. Right? That, and that's how they have to say it. Your truth. Go to John 16 for a second. John 16. Jesus is giving what's called the uh, upper room discourse. So this is all a record of the night before he dies. John 16, 13. But when he, John 16, 13, Jesus speaking to the disciples, the Spirit of truth comes. He will guide you into all truth, John 16, 13, for he will not speak on his own initiative, 
But whatever he hears, notice the personality of the Holy Spirit. He's not just a force. He's a person. Whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. The disciples were all concerned. Jesus said he was leaving. They didn't want to be alone. They had been with him three and a half years. He shall glorify me, John 16, 14, for he, the Holy Spirit, shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he takes of mine and he will what? He will disclose it to you. Now we know that in the process of the disciples recording the Holy Scriptures, it was via the power of the Holy Spirit. And so they were given help by the Helper, and He brought the truths to them, and they wrote them down. This is how we have the inspiration of the Bible. So the primary reservoir, if you will, if you could go back to 1 Corinthians 2, by which those truths are recorded is in your Bible. How can I know God? How can I know the deep things of God? Unless I could somehow enter into his personality. I've never been to heaven. I've never seen God with my physical eyes. I was having a conversation with a friend. And uh, I'd been working on him for a while. And he had a, he's an engineer. And I said, I have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And he said, what? I said, I know him and he knows me. And he was like, what are you talking about, Michael? You might want to go see a doctor or something. Are you hearing voices? <laughs> it was that kind of conversation. And I said, no, I have a personal relationship with the living God. He couldn't wrap his mind around it. He didn't get it. How do you explain that? It's true. The Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I belong to God. I can't always explain it to satisfy somebody. You see, I cannot do that but by His Spirit, God has entered into my personality. I can't enter into His per se, but He's come down and entered into mine. And through the Holy Spirit, each believer becomes a sharer in the very life of God. This means that God is not detached from His creation. God sent His Son, and the Son sent the Spirit. God does care about mankind. He does love us. We are elevated above animal life and so forth. We are made in the image of God. And Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will send you the Helper. He's the Spirit of what? Truth. He will guide you into all truth. Even as a Christian, sometimes we have the truths of God. We're growing and then we go back and stick our hand in the forbidden cookie jar. You ever been there before? It used to be that I could go and sin, and I could sin the next day, and I just have the cookie the next day. Oh, yeah, that's pretty good. But now when I try to do that as a Christian, it's... Um, <laughs> there, there's something that happens. I'm not sure if it's a oing, but it's a, it's a conviction. I feel convicted when I want to go back and sin. Do you know why? Because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. You're listening to Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance, and that was part two of his teaching in 1 Corinthians 2 called Making Proper Appraisals. Remember, you can listen to Walk in Truth wherever you want on walkintruth.com or on your favorite podcast app. 
Walk in Truth is on apps like iHeartRadio, Apple Music, and Spotify. Search Walk in Truth and subscribe for free. Now, here's Pastor Michael. You know, as we consider um, navigating life, one of the definitions of wisdom is the skill to navigate life with the wisdom of God. And Jesus is the wisdom of God. In him are all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So it's going to be very difficult for anyone to navigate their life without Christ. There are people who are into spirituality. You know, sometimes I hear people say, hey, part of my journey was I walked away from, you know, the Christian faith or the church, and I started to describe myself as spiritual, in quotes. And some of those people mess with New Age stuff and Eastern religion. And I hear testimonies, and I've, I've interacted with several folks who have tried this, and they said, man, it was empty. It never satisfied. And then I walked back into a church building or opened my Bible again, and I just went, oh, I'm back where I belong. I'm back at the truth. You see, Jesus is the truth, and you can't understand the ways of God without Jesus Christ. You just can't. Because Jesus is the embodiment of God. He's God in a bod, if you like rhymes. He came to move among us so that we can understand who God is, what he's like. Of course, we find that through the Bible, but we find it in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And his grand um, example to us, of course, is the cross where he demonstrated his great love for us. This is this is what makes sense of life. This is how we make proper appraisals in life. This is how we discern how we're to walk, and what we're to do. Tune in tomorrow to hear the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 called Making Proper Appraisals. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. It's our goal to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.